The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Howard streaks in! And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome <laughs> in to a preview of the Dallas defense and the Los Angeles offense as we welcome you in to the SWBC studios here at the Star in Frisco alongside Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, who was definitely here on time, Very and late. Chris Beam in the back. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Why, why are you giggling over here? Because <laughs> Nick didn't know whether to walk in or not. Yeah, you saw me at the door. Yeah. The back, I was like, like, well, they already see me, so I may as well walk in. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You, you, like, they can't see me. You have like a really pause. Still. <laughs> I heard Beam laughing in the studio room. That's what made me like really walk in. I was like, all right, then I'm just going to ah, sit in here. Whatever. No. <laughs> you always walk me? in. Yeah, we were going to try and sneak in. I will in. start a show on time. Yeah. <laughs> I respect that. It, it happens. Oh, yeah. But uh but yeah, today is a good day. You know why? We're turning the page. Not only to Los Angeles and speak to take on the Chargers. Just kidding, I know. <laughs> Honestly, I am I probably should speak for myself because I know there are a lot of Cowboys fans. Deservedly so that are gonna hang on this one for a little bit of time. It's also a good day because the Rangers are in the ALCS. Yes, I just sir. I would throw that out there too. We'll see who they're playing. Maybe tonight. Maybe in a couple days. Oh, you know. Seattle point. tried to upend it. Seattle had a rough night last night. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Why is that? Hockey season started. Mm-hmm. It didn't start well, did it? No, it didn't. We mm-hmm. played against the defending champs, and we got we got cracked. Got, but it's okay. Got cracking. Yeah, we cracked. Cracking. Crack crack. It's okay. I supported them. I was there was late the night. I was watching it. Four one. <clears throat> you know they raised the banner. You know we gave them a gift. First, first opening night, you know, Stanley Cup, raising, you know, raising a banner, all that stuff. You don't want to ruin that night for them. Yeah. Let them have I, it. I will we're, say, we're kind people in Seattle. I will say that there are two different ways that you can take the way that they raise that banner. It was so bad. And there's one that there's one side of it is it's super entertaining. It was corny. And there's a lot to it. But then there's another where you're just like, man, this just seems like really, man, I don't want to take corny. a shot at any other sports leagues. But, yeah, just like very below what you think for <laughs> professional sports. But. They had him skate up to a slot machine and pull down the lever, and then it like went like three straight standing cups. It was a huge, it was a huge slot machine, and then behind it was the banner, and then so then it brought, came up three straight standing cups, and then the banner started going up. I, I gotta go see that. There's yeah. a lot more to it. <laughs> there's to there's it a lot more to it than that. Though. It was really like the timing was bad yeah. on everything. Like the transitions were horrible. It was very Las Vegas though. Mm. See, and a lot of the times whenever they do their little opens, like, it's very Las Vegas. Yeah. Like, they, they're just playing up the glitz and the glam and the, yeah. the gold and the... And I mean, they did all that before it, too, yeah. They did all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that yeah pulled the sword shot. out of the... I'm going to have to watch Out of the stone, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. I can see people that were there being very entertained. <laughs> wow, this is I, it's great. just for some people that... I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe I've been around production, good productions too long, mm-hmm. but it was... See, and you haven't been to it. From the production standpoint. From the production standpoint, it was trash. From the production standpoint, I'd kind of like to see the Kraken win a a Stanley Cup because Mm. with their ownership, it's going to be kind of Well, uh, Isaiah hasn't been to a Kraken game yet. In Seattle. Correct. Yeah. 
their production in Seattle was insane. Oh, I believe it was, it was freaking tech, so. tech oh, head, it was headquarters incredible. up there. Yeah, it was really cool. Better be. All they, this they hockey talk. Job. I know. It's baseball season, guys. <laughs> All right. Not for me. Baseball season, <laughs> hockey <laughs> season. <laughs> Speak for yourself on yeah, that, so, too. Sorry, guys. Speak for yourself again, Kyle. <laughs> it's been a while since our team has been in the ALCS, but I'm just excited to be here. Uh, let's, let's dive into some news and notes, Nick. I mean, the Cowboys were off yesterday. Uh, kind of another de facto off day today before things really get ramped up tomorrow and Friday, moving into the Monday night game. Yeah, so nothing uh, really came out of yesterday with uh, no availability and, and, and whatnot. So I chose to look at a couple of big picture things for, for news and notes today. I wanted to start with Tony Pollard. Um, I, I, coming into the season, I think we maybe expected a little bit more production from him at this point, uh, five games in. He had two rushing touchdowns against the Giants in week one. Since then, he has yet to get into the end zone, whether it be running or receiving. Um Averaging right at 60, uh, 68 yards a game. Do y'all expect more by this point? Already lost a fumble, too. I, I, what's kind of y'all's take on Tony Pollard as the lead running back at this point? I think he's fine when he's giving the ball. They're just not giving him the ball in depth. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the fumble, you can't fumble. Uh, we already went over that over the last you know few days as to what led to that fumble. Mm-hmm. But he knows you got to protect the ball. That's that's any ball anybody who's carrying the rock. But I mean, ultimately, they're just he's not getting the the rock enough consistently and we talked about how that affects this entire offense Dak's ability to throw the ball how you can open up the playbook um Tony Pollard's ability to have big play big splash plays you're not getting the ball to him on screen so it's just there's a lot of people being underutilized currently right now and again you know I think coach McCarthy hopefully will dig into his Christmas bag and start pulling some stuff out yeah and that fumble it's wild how that ball stayed Inbound, oh man, somebody had a joystick on that thing. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's kind of just payback for how lucky the Cowboys got with their three previous fumbles during the season to have Beatish recover two of them, McEwen recover the other. Just like it was wild though, how nobody's foot touched it, it didn't go out of bounds, like just rode that sideline. I don't know, it went to like the very edge too before it was recovered. Well, and if it would have touched any of those guys at all, because their front half was out of bounds and their feet were just hanging inbounds, if it would have touched even the slightest sliver of their foot, it would have been there was just legs everywhere, yeah, it was just flying, looked like a kraken, and that. And that's why the Cowboys lost the game. No, it wasn't <laughs> Everybody paused, and then, and then you made the joke, and then there was another pause. By the way, Tony Pollard, season low, eight carries and 29 rushing yards. So both season lows against San Francisco. He's had back-to-back games with fewer than 12 carries and under 50 rushing yards. Uh, right now, Pollard is averaging a career low 4.2 yards per carry. Uh, Of course, last year he had 5.2, if you want to really look at the comparison. Yeah, I I guess more so for me when I was looking at, you know, what he's put on put on the table so far this season we haven't really seen that explosiveness that we saw when he was more of the complimentary back last season not to say that he can't still have it as the lead back um i would just like to see this offense put them in better position put him in a better position to succeed here i think that's it's more so a product of that rather than Pollard not being able to produce although i do feel there's a little bit of uh blame on both sides I was going to ask that question because a lot of the narrative around Tony Pollard beforehand was you needed Zeke to take the brunt of the carries take the the physical the short yardage gain take that and Zeke was really good at that Pollard can't handle it that was the way that it was prescribed ahead of time or described ahead of time do you think that that's still a factor here because I mean fact of the matter is you look at his numbers and he hasn't had that home run yet he's had some explosive plays and he's had the the big runs but he hasn't had the home run ball yet 
just, I mean, it is what it is right now in terms of offensively. Like I said, there's a lot of underutilization, and I, I just think that there's a lot to get to here. I think they've been very elementary in their offerings to date, and because of that, you're not going to get a lot of those big splash plays that you're accustomed to seeing. Mm -hmm. So um, you're not backing defenses up. It's gonna, you're going to keep a lot of people in the box. Um, the opportunities just aren't going to be present, especially when we don't have the sample size. So percentage-wise, you don't have the chances because you're not running the rock enough. And then um, in terms of big splashes, well, you're not backing people up. So there's going to be more people closer to the line of scrimmage. I don't think we had an opportunity to talk about it yesterday. This is the last news note I have. About Leighton Van Der Esch and CJ Goodwin uh, potentially going on the IR. Um, mm. That's uh, that's a big impact, I think, more so for, for uh, Leighton Van Der Esch, but still really huge impact on special teams. Uh, obviously, CJ Goodwin brings a lot in that department. Uh, where do you guys kind of see both of those responsibilities getting filled in? What do you think? Well, with Leighton Van Der Esch, I think they need to add a linebacker that's not in the building yep. right now. I mean, it's just gotten too thin at that <laughs> position. And... Uh, I know people aren't going to like to hear this, but I think it's going to lead to a little bit more, more of Micah Parsons playing some linebacker. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that he's going to be their full-time linebacker, but I think he's going to get some more snaps there. Uh, Dan Quinn mentioned that the other day. Um, so that's that one. I know that, that I know Isaiah is thrilled about that. And then uh, with Goodwin, that's tough, man. I mean, because it's not just his play, but it's also the leadership he brings to that group. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean Jalen Tolbert's really stepped up in his role with the special teams, but you need some other guys to do that, that same thing now with, with CJ not being in there. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, Noah Igbenogany uh, was the guy who was mainly filling in whenever CJ went out the other night. So, yeah. um, And he does have special teams experience yeah. from Miami, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. quite a bit, quite a bit, as, as, uh, and as a gunner. So uh, there's, there's experience there, but I, I really like what Jalen Tolbert has also done as a gunner and, and being in that same role so far this season. I mean, we talked about that tackle he had during the Patriots game on special teams. Yep. It was huge. So uh, there's a couple options you have there, but it, like you said, the leadership on the field is probably the thing that they'll miss the most from CJ. Good thing special teams doesn't matter, right, Isaiah? Yeah, of course not. It's only 33% of the game. Yeah, it's only a third, you know, big-time stuff. Yeah. Is How it really 33, though? No. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. Not now. It's just like, what, 15 Have 15 a bad kicker, see how that goes for you. Well, okay, yeah. yeah it, you know. No, 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 no. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. If you have a bad kicker, yes, it, it goes up to 33%. If you have a good kicker, I'm just saying by today's rules, I'm not talking no, about like you. traditional football, but today's you. rules, man, I'm going to tell you this right now. A lot of times when the special teams comes out there, that's when I go to the bathroom. That's when I would get a drink. That's I mean, there's just there just is not that sizzle that there used to be with For special sure. teams, man. There However, isn't. you're talking a lot of that. A lot of that I understand that, but I'm but I'm also trying to be realistic no, no, with the way no, the no, NFL is right. today. In terms of the, the rules, off, yeah, kickoff. It's because absolutely. of the rules. It's not because of the players. But if you don't, true. but there's a lot of elements to to special teams that people don't pay attention to, yeah, right? So For sure. obviously, if you don't have a good kicker, well, all of a sudden your field goal unit, you're, yeah, there's a lot of people watching that, right? Yeah. Dallas mm -hmm. has experienced that over the past few years where people don't go to the bathroom. They sit around and see, did you make the, okay, he made the field goal. Whew. Well, right, yeah, field now, goal. Now I can yeah, go to the sure. bathroom. Okay. I'm uh, talking, I was speaking more on kickoff. No, so right? kickoff, yeah, yeah kickoff game, game has changed. They, they've moved that back. But punt return? Punt. You know, yeah, talking, punt, talking about, yeah, talking about punt, punt team, if you don't have good punt coverage, yeah. you're going to stick around and watch that. Yeah, That's where sure. you're going to miss C.J. Goodwin. That's where you're going to miss C.J. Sure. A ton. So for in terms sure. of people's abilities to be able to go down there and force those fair catches that you go to the bathroom on typically, yeah. if you don't have that force in place, then guess what? Teams are going to start returning the ball. And if yeah. teams can return the ball instead of fair catching, there's a higher probability of them gaining more first downs off of that one play or instead of them having the ability to score a touchdown off of that one big play. right? And if somebody has a punt return for a touchdown against you – the, the chances of you losing that ball game 
go up exponentially. Yeah. So there there are to your point, the rules have changed a lot of that that di- that dynamic in terms of kickoff. But <clears throat> there's a lot of other elements that yeah. that are very important. And when those plays happen, right, whether you're giving up those plays or you make those plays on special teams, those usually change the, the whole platform. Yeah. So what Isaiah is saying is that now that C.J. Goodwin is headed to IR, you better <laughs> hold it. Just yeah. hold it. Don't yeah. even I go will. to the bathroom. Just I will. <laughs> you hold it, you turd. Man, those, those, the kickoffs, though, especially, are just like – I don't feel like I have to go back. They need to move it back. Yeah, I, I mean – They need to move it back. I just yeah. – how much the buildup is before the game starts and everyone's getting excited and you just go out there and you're just like – Yeah, they need to move it back. Was it like, like 35 right now? Turpin's had like what one return, two it's returns, just silly, maybe. Man, yeah, maybe a little. It's been bit. tough. I don't know. I was going to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so I think San Francisco was the only team that really pooch kicked it yeah. to the to the far side. They would always try and pin Turpin right in at about the 10, 15 yard line, and then let him come out and take it. And I mean, there was a couple times where Turpin. I think Turpin had one really nice return that yeah. got up to like the thirty-five, and then the other one was. 20, 25, kind of right around where you would mm-hmm. on a touchback anyways. Two returns for Turpin uh, so far this season, and then two for Dowdle, which I think both came against San Francisco. Yeah. Okay. Good I will say, though, to, to Isaiah's point on the punt, when you did see because of uh, – well, I don't think – we didn't talk about Turpin, though, did we? Mm-hmm. We didn't talk injury. about Turpin, yeah. yeah, with his high ankle sprain. Yeah. It's looking like he'll have a chance to go on Monday, but if I'm if – I'm, I'm holding him. So he got tackled on the Cowboys sideline. He immediately hopped up and was limping. And you just knew on the tackle the way he was like rolled, there was something wrong there. So to your point, on that next punt return, when uh, Deuce Vaughn was out there, Mm -hmm. there is a little bit where you're just like, he just got to catch it, you know, because it's not a guy that he's not getting a lot of reps there, obviously, in game reps and stuff like that. It's a big moment. He's got guys around him. You know, no one's expecting for you to have this huge return. Just don't drop this, just this don't football drop right ball. now, you know. And then he had uh, on the kick return, yeah, right, he where he bobbled yeah. it, and but it was stayed in the end zone, so he was able to just take a knee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple things we got to talk about with Deuce Vaughn, too, I think, at some point. But today we are previewing the Dallas defense versus – the Los Angeles offense. And, and what the Chargers bring to the table, of course, is led by former offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. So, I mean, Isaiah, based off of what you've seen out of this offense in the past, with Kellen Moore at the helm, what can we expect with him now that he comes in with the Chargers offense? That, by the way, is going to get both Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler back in the fold this week. I think you're going to get your DBs tested <laughs> like you haven't had all year long. There hasn't been a team that is going to throw the ball as much as the Chargers are going to throw the ball this week. They are going to throw the ball a good 40 times. Most talented quarterback the Cowboys have faced this year. Facts. Yeah, facts. I mean, yeah, most talented quarterback. <clears throat> I would say the most talented, good way to put it. Most talented yeah. receiving yeah. core, for sure. <clears throat> when I say receiving core, I mean receivers, tight end, and running back. You're going to get, I mean, it's a, it's a lot now personnel-wise that you have to that you have to contest with. And then You think they're better than San Francisco receivers-wise? Pass catchers-wise? I don't. I, I, don't. I, I'd say, I'd say I mean, when you talk about number two. I would say yes, based upon the routes that they're running, yeah. I would say so. I would say so. Because San Francisco guys, they're not running complex routes. They're really not. They're, their schemes are relative, relatively simple. Debo's not running routes down the field. He's staying close to the line of scrimmage. He's running quick little flats and things like that to stay close. It's more of the Brandon scheme Brandon Ayuk is running the routes, yeah. right, for majority of the time. So I think now, from that stand- now, do you think it would be the same for them? One hypothetical. Huh? If they were the super team and Herbert was their quarterback, do you think the Niners would still 
run it that way no. just because that's their system or do you think they no, would open yeah, stuff up a little more change uh herbert has a cannon um <laughs> he certainly does he's yeah, fun to I just, watch i mean yeah so i think that they're just gonna be challenged in a different way yeah. i think these i mean they haven't faced receivers that are this large these guys are huge keenan allen okay and then across the board it's Josh the biggest palmer. it's yeah. the biggest receiver palmer the league allen quentin johnson johnson, johnson. i yeah. mean these dudes are six three six four across the board 200 mm-hmm. plus you know so these guys are large so you're gonna have to deal with that um then you you can't get so locked in on them either because eckler will route you up so it's a lot and you know Kellen moore's gonna be in his bag you know he's had a whole playbook ready for this week yeah you know i mean so you know you're gonna get his best you're familiar with his concepts which help which obviously helps but it's gonna be a challenge man it's gonna be a challenge I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how our dbs respond but this will be the most challenged our defensive backs have been they they are fourth in the league in terms of average pass EPA. They are also third in the league in terms of play action percentage this season. I mean, they play a lot out of play action. The the league uh, average is twenty two percent. They they play out of play action twenty nine percent. So and that's with Joshua Kelly mainly as yeah, the running back. Not so. even with Austin Eckler yeah. in the backfield, who's missed the last three games. So John, whenever you look at it too, I mean, you talked about Justin Herbert. I, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I really do. I think he's fantastic. What have you seen from him, and how is he going to try and challenge the outside? I just look at the last time that they played him, and just watching him in general. Like his arm is as strong as anyone's arm, and he can just make throws that. Let's be honest, the Cowboys have been pretty fortunate with the quarterbacks they've faced up to this point, and he's just on another level with the rest of those guys. And then the fact of, like. Kellen Moore is very like quiet, mild manner or whatever. He's he's gonna want to put up points against this Cowboys defense. There's mm-hmm. no question that he's gonna want to put up a big day against them. So the way I look at it though is it just for the Cowboys up front. I mean that pass rush has to be there because if you give him time at all to sit back there and throw, I just think it's gonna be a huge day for that Chargers mm-hmm. offense. I'm not saying that it's that means that they're gonna blow the Cowboys out or anything, but Justin Ar- Herbert's arm talent is just on another level. And so, and if you get Eckler back, just the things that they can do in the red zone to you, especially coming off of what we saw, how the defense played against San Francisco, I mean, it could get really ugly. This is not any type of, oh, yeah, this team, you know, this this Chargers team, you know, coming into the season, if everyone's healthy, that's a, that's a team that's a Super Bowl-type contending team. This is not going to be some light work here, so... Uh, I think the Cowboys are kind of fortunate that they're getting an extra day, because, you know, with it being a Monday night game, because uh, they're going to have their hands full with him. I mean, he's he's really good. I mean, to me, I think he's a top five quarterback in the league. Mm. Did you say you rather have the San Francisco 49ers receiving core than? Yes. Than... Yeah, I would. Give me Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, George I've Kittle, really? this is receivers. A... No, you, you said, said pass catching group. And okay, just yeah. and running okay back. so so take them out of it. Let's talk about receivers. Just receivers. Yeah. Just okay. receivers. With Mike Williams, this is the goalpost moving. No, I'm playing. <laughs> uh, with, with, if Mike Williams is healthy, you mean? Yeah. No, okay, I'm talking. I mean, you could go with who they have out there right uh, now. Right. Joshua Palmer and hey, let's take Keenan Allen. So yeah, Joshua Palmer, Quentin Johnson, who's had six receptions so far this I'm season. I'm not talking about really what bad. they've done. I'm talking about what they're capable of doing. Nah, give me the. Guys I mean, we, that I mean Tony Pollard hasn't done much, yeah, but you know Niners. what he's capable of doing. Give me the Niners. I'll Quentin take Johnson's the Niners receiver group. No idea what he's capable okay. of. I'll take the Niners receiver group over probably every team in the league except for like two. Miami and Buffalo. Dallas. Oh, what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe um, Philly. Why? So, okay, let's let's take it step by step. Who is the best receiver out of this entire group? Keenan Allen. Debo Samuel. 
I mean, <laughs> really? I mean, we're talking I mean, they're, about they're Keenan used Allen. In, I don't know. They're used kind of differently, but <laughs> completely <are>. differently. <laughs> but I would give the edge to yeah, Keenan Allen. I would, yeah, yeah, I'll give the edge to Keenan. We're, we're talking about yeah. we're talking about just receiver. We ain't talking about running back abilities. We're talking about just as a receiver. Then I'll give you that. Yeah. We'll give you that. If we're talking route runner specifically, then yeah, it's Keenan Allen. But then you go two Debo, three IU, four McCaffrey, five the ball boy on the San Francisco (laughs) sideline, six. I mean, Joshua Palmer. I don't know. I don't. don't, (laughs) Six Joshua. I don't know. They have a talented receiver group. I'm with you, but I I don't think it's more talented than the Niners. If you count McCaffrey though for the Niners, I mean, you have to count Eckler for the Chargers. Yeah, he is. Yeah, for and sure. And if you knows. count Ger- Gerald Everett for the Chargers, you're going to have to count yeah, yeah. George Kittle for mm-hmm. the Niners. What if Absolutely. I what if I count Antonio Gates? You can if you want to. We'll count Jerry Rice. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll work. All right. When we come back, we're, we're going to take a break from the the defensive versus offensive preview. We're going to take a look around the National Football League. We're going to have John's storylines for the week. We'll get right back to it though, because we've got plenty more to talk about in terms of Justin Herbert plus. Micah Parsons, how does he rebound in a, in a way where he might actually have to step back and play a little bit of linebacker this week? When we come back with more Talking Cowboys right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks girl, better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Back to Talking Cowboys. Welcome back into Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. This portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome back in with Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us. John, we've got some national storylines or inside the building storylines to hit. In terms of around the National Football League, what's what you want to start with first? 
So I forgot that I was we were supposed to do that today. So we're just going <laughs> to oh. carry over what's in the rake. No, um, <laughs> no. So October 31st is the trade deadline, mm-hmm. and there's been a little bit more activity leading up to it than normal. I mean, that's still three weeks away about. And, you know, you've seen some guys like Chase Claypool, J.C. Jackson. Um, who was it yesterday? Van Jefferson yesterday. The Falcons. So you've seen a little bit of activity. And I know we can't talk about players from other teams, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to throw out to you guys if you could add a position that would upgrade this current Cowboys roster, like a starter-level player, not not just some backup like or reserve help, but a starting-level player that Jerry Jones comes to you and is like, we can, we can add a starting-level player mm. to one position on this team right now, what would it be? I, for me, linebacker immediately jumps out just because I worry a little bit about the Leighton Van Der Esch injury just because it's a type of injury that you know he's had before yeah. and linebacker was already kind of thin but then i also think okay well maybe it needs to be someone on offense because this offense clearly needs a spark um so i was wondering what where you guys went on that one nick i'll let you start on that one <clears throat> yeah i think linebacker is probably the easiest answer there but if you, if you force me to look elsewhere um safety would be interesting just because you could spin somebody down and then have a lot more presence of guys like J. Ron curse and donovan wilson in that second level and maybe try to be just a little bit more athletic in the second level rather than physical Offensively, I thought about receiver, but the thing is, they have Brandon Cooks, and I'm I'm confident in Brandon Cooks if he can get the ball. Um, I, I don't I don't think it's necessarily a, a personnel issue. I think it's more so a scheme issue there. Um, if you had to add a spark on offense, then then maybe you add more of a physical back that can take you know mm-hmm. a little bit of workload off of Tony Pollard to kind of reignite his spark a little bit. As we talked about, you know his efficiency so far this season hasn't been phenomenal, hasn't been bad, but you know it just hasn't been what we've seen when he's been more of a complimentary back. Um, man, I, those are probably the only two I would look at though, right now. You wouldn't think about maybe like a big physical receiver, like you said. I know you talked about the confidence level and and Brandon Cooks, and but you look across the board, you've got Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks, C.D. Lamb. You don't really have that big go up and get it receiver or the possession receiver that you've had maybe in the past. I mean, they've shown that they can do it with Gallup so far this season. Yeah. He's, he's been good doing it, so yeah. it's, just, it's just about putting him in a position to do it more. I don't think he's as high on the list as the two you mentioned. I think I would yeah. put linebacker, like a like a fly sideline to sideline, fly around linebacker, then a physical <clears throat> take the ball, take the, the, the short yardage carries, red zone weapon running back, and then I would probably say maybe a big time, like big bodied wide receiver to go up and get it. I want a dog on the inside defensive line. <laughs> it's so yeah. funny because there's a specific player I was thinking of mm-hmm. before you said that who they're not going to get, but it would yeah. just be funny to, or entertaining to see if they added that. But, yeah. What division are you playing? The NFC West. Yeah, okay. And that's what I thought. Okay. Mm. Cowboys might be seeing them in the next few games. Mm. Interesting. I'm living in a fantasy world yeah, here. Exactly. I'm, not being, definitely I'm, not being, I'm not being serious. You're in a utopia for sure. <laughs> Could you imagine? Maybe half your team for that. <laughs> We're just having fun here. We're just throwing stuff exactly out. That's what we're doing. I think you'd have to give Seattle that <laughs> it's a much. a fictitious place. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Arizona uh, would have to take that long. <laughs> Rainbow land. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. So a, a dog. So a guy yeah. of that caliber would be awesome. Yeah. If you had a dog at, in an interior defensive line and you couple him with – that's not to say that Osa and those guys aren't doing a good job, but I'm talking about somebody who is like crap. When 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 offensive line step to the line of scrimmage, they see him. They're like, ah, kind of like what you did this week when you saw Javon Hargrave on the other side. 
More than that. More than that. Javon Hargrave. He's a dude. dude. He's a dude. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But, but yeah, I mean, I'll take I'll take a Hargrave type of guy for sure. But yeah, you need somebody who demands the 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 respect and attention of opposing offensive lines. And if you can get that, then you also have Jonathan Hankins in there. Now all of a sudden, you change the dynamic of what you can do defensively. Because let's not let's not fabricate it. That strength of your team is your defense. So if your team's if your defense isn't being dominant, then you're probably not winning ball games. So when you say that, though, one of the first things I think of. Because I think of this with college football, too, when it comes to defensive tackle. Just how many guys are even out there, though, like what you're talking about. It just seems it's so difficult yeah, You're not to giving find. those guys up. Yeah. Yeah, no. Because you're really looking like today's football. You're looking for a guy who has to be just naturally born, the big t- type body dude. But then he's got to have athleticism to Freakish him, too. Athleticism. Yeah, it just can't just be a, you know, just plug in and, you know, Gilbert Brown this thing. <laughs> Gilbert Brown was good. No, he was. He was. Yeah, Gilbert Brown up. was good. <laughs> yeah, he was. I liked him a lot. He was. He was. Um, kind of off of that, the other subject, I mean, I feel like this is one of the top things people are talking about in the NFL right now is just the way Brock Purdy played against the Cowboys, how that's elevated him and what people think of him as a quarterback. Hmm. And because all these quarterback or most of these quarterback contracts, aside from the one in Kansas City, are four to five year type deals, it made me look at the rest of the NFL and go, how many teams in the NFL have their quarterback right now that you know is a their guy for the next four to five years and i only got to about maybe 10 and so i was just going to go down this real quick and you guys can just agree or disagree to try and make this as quick as possible Hmm. but we're going to leave the nfc east for last yeah miami i say yes yes buffalo or sorry miami good yes yeah buffalo i say yes New York uh, Jets, no. Mm-mm. Patriots, no. Pittsburgh Steelers, no. I don't think so either. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. Baltimore Ravens, I said yes. Yeah. Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. no. That's I don't think so. so. I don't think so. Nothing else happens off the field. Mm, no. Clean, clean everything. Mm. All right, so we're torn on that one. All yeah. right. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, yes. Are we sure? Right? No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars, yes. Yeah. Um, Indianapolis Colts. I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even with... Mm, the injury th- injuries, is a concern. Yeah, with me. If the there's no injuries, there. then yeah, but no. Because okay. he's had multiple injuries, and he's played in, what, three games He'll so far? Right. He'll be all right. Yeah. Just, okay. just a little a- IR. Just stint. a little, little IR stint. Okay. Yeah. AC joint's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Houston. Houston Texans, I say yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Tennessee Titans. Definitely. No. <laughs> no. Chiefs, yes. Yeah. Chargers, yes. So we're at, I think, eight or nine right there. Mm-hmm. And then Raiders, I say no. Broncos, no. I say no. No. So that's eight or nine. Hey, we're, we're almost at 10. Now let's talk about the NFC. Oh, gosh. We thought the AFC was loaded in quarterbacks, though. Going right. Right. No, for sure. Year. For sure. I mean, Absolutely. That, that, the, the quarterback. Slate in the AFC is crowded. Right. The quarterback slate in the NFC is not as crowded, but it's also frustrating because of how wide open it is. Yeah. And how the performance has been to this point. We'll go to the NFC West here. We're starting with the NFC. San Francisco, I would say yes. Yes, but reluctantly. Just because. You think that's San Francisco's guy for the 49ers for the next four to five? I don't. don't, He hasn't been challenged. Okay. Rams, I would say no. Because I just don't think Matthew Stafford has no. four or five more years. He doesn't in him. have that left. No. No. Um, 
Seahawks. No. Uh, I think they have a lot of confidence in Drew Locke. Uh, right. Honestly, whenever Geno left the game on Monday Night Football a couple or last week, Geno left the game right before halftime. Drew Locke got, I think, maybe a series in there. Just yeah. the way that the body language was there from Pete Carroll and that entire sideline, Drew Locke trotting out there, they looked like they were happy that Drew Locke was going to get an opportunity. That's their guy. Yeah. yeah so, like I like Geno. I think they all like Geno, too, but they also yeah. are like they're grooming Drew Locke to be that guy. So I'm going to say no. Arizona. No. 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 <laughs> Carolina. He'd be released this yeah. year. Okay, yeah, so that would, that would put us at about 10, maybe 11 right there. Mm-hmm. I know there's some that we're disagreeing on, but 10, 11 right now. Mm-hmm. Saints, no. No. Atlanta Falcons, no. Mm-mm. Not unless something changes significantly. You guys no. can might disagree on this one. I say Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no. No. <laughs> I don't know. There's just some, I don't know if it's just living down here, whether there's some hardcore Baker Mayfield fans. <laughs> there anyway. are. Vikings, no. No, not at all. I mean, Kirk Cousins has been there for a while. I don't know that they would go through another four or five years unless they had some significant playoff success with him. Chicago's a tough one. I just feel like with where, with where they're positioned, with that having the top two picks in the draft, how do you not take a quarterback there? Yeah. How are you not taking Caleb Williams? Williams, yeah. So I say no there. Green Bay, I think, is a no. You, you don't think Jordan loves the guy? I don't. Hmm. Mm. I'm not convinced either. That's probably the closest one we've had, though. Yeah. That's probably the closest one we've had where it's been a no, but like it could maybe be a yes, but I'm going to say no. For what and, the, I, and I know, and I know that they're in. insulated being mm-hmm. being a, a team that's in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yep. And I understand that there is, uh, you know, they're, they're owned by the fans, so maybe there won't be as much outside pressure. But that quarterback position in Green Bay mm. is a little bit like Alabama football. I, I expect a good coach to follow Nick Saban. Yeah. That coach has to be so good right away. Because they're going to expect those expectations to be on that level. And, and you're not going to think as rationally as you should that, hey, it's going to be tough to follow that. Hmm. So that's the only reason why. Jordan Love has to be very good for, I think, to, to keep that. Uh, Jared Goff, I do not think, is going to be there four or five years from now for the Lions. Really? I don't know if you guys feel that way or He's not. played really well. He has played really well, absolutely. Um, and, and they've they've shown in the past to be just overly committed to, to guys, to quarterbacks for a very long time. True. I would, yeah. I would love to be wrong about this. I would love to be wrong about this. I would say yes. Hold okay. on. How old is he? Let's let's take a He's only like twenty nine. Like yeah. he's or thirty maybe. He went in the draft right before Dak. Twenty nine. He's he wow. Or no, was, he was in Dak's draft. He was in twenty sixteen. Yeah. He was the one in there and yeah. went to went two, yeah. He turns twenty nine on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So give me yeah. He could be there. Right, so he's he thirty four. Twelve or thirteen there. Yeah. Okay. And then the last but not least, the NFC East. I mm. think the Eagles, absolutely yep. yes. Washington, no. Oh, God. Here Giants, we go. no. Here we go. Cowboys. I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> so we have say, one no. I'm going to say no. <laughs> oh, man. This one's close, too, though. No, it is. It, I sure. mean, it is. It is. Because you also got to factor this in, too. It's 30. Again, because if we're being fair and we're going about, like I used the, the Packers example. Yeah. It, it can't just be about what we think. It's got to be kind of what you think that organization would do too. Yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at here. I think if you were talking about just pure simple tape and performance, the the trending is going down. Yeah, and so I would say no. But if you're like you said, you're talking about the way that an organization rallies around the leader, rallies around a quarterback. I think I would still say no. He would have to get to an NFC Championship game this year or next year. 
No, or yeah, or this year period. You could even yeah. stop there, and it may even be in that conversation, depending on how he plays, getting yeah. to that point. Yeah, if there isn't some sustained playoff success, I don't, I don't think it is. Yeah. Um, if we have one more, real quick, I just wanted to talk a little bit about your Texas Rangers oh. there, because I think it yeah. is a little bit of a bit. Like it is interesting that, especially not being from Dallas, mm-hmm. like it's the Dallas Cowboys are just. To me, it's like that's one of the top two or three things I th- thought of of Dallas when you know growing up, mm-hmm. and to come down here and see that the Rangers, Mavericks, Stars have all been to the Final Four now in mm. the last two years. Yep, and the Cowboys haven't been there since '95. I mean, that's that. I just saw some people tweeting that yesterday during oh, yeah. the game. That is glaring because you know you listen to jerry yesterday on the radio and he remember when he asked that question back at the beginning like would you would you say that we've had good teams have you said you know whatever and it's like yes yes and he, and i don't know he didn't say bad luck but he said that you know when we've had those good teams we just haven't been able to put it together and make that deep run or whatever and i just don't think you can sit there and just say it's bad luck for this long of a period because here's the other thing and no offense to those other dfw teams I don't know that any of those three are looked at as like, oh, no, that's one of the top two or three organizations in that sport. Mm-mm. The, in terms of wins, maybe the Mavs because they've won sure. a lot, and a lot of that had to do with Dirk and what Dirk did. Yeah. But, no, I, I don't. I, I completely agree with you. I don't think you're looking at the NBA, you're saying Lakers, Celtics – not the Heat, because the Heat are terrible, and I can't stand the Heat. Okay, Kyle. Yeah, I'm looking the right heat, at you. Yeah, but you know that they're absolutely... <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're, they're very There's well no run. question that Did I, I just have a Heat fan oh, okay, I didn't Heat thing aside, one. did you say that the Mavs were like a top three organization? No. I'm saying, okay, I'm saying win-wise, yeah. they won a lot, a lot of games. I'm saying out of the three teams in DFW, oh, Stars, okay. Rangers, like, Mavs, hold on. that would be the yeah. one where you could look at and say they've had okay. the most sustained success out of the three. Okay. Because they've won a lot. That's 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 what I'm saying. I'm not saying in the NBA, oh, trust me. I was about yeah. to. No, 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 we were no. about to have talking, talking hoops. <laughs> I thought you yeah. were looking at me because I was going to throw a shot at the Heat. You, I thought you just knew that was coming. But yeah, it, it, it was coming. But yeah, it is interesting, and I'm happy the Rangers are in the uh, the ALCS. But I mean, even tweets yesterday when I was celebrating the ALCS yeah. was, well, at least one team can get yeah. there. So I mean, it was interesting. If yeah. we're going to talk about big topics and that. It's kind of can't shy away from that. Yeah, that's that's definitely one. But all right, we got to take our second break. When we come back, we'll finish up our defensive preview against the Chargers offense, and we'll get you ready for Thursday here on Talking Cowboys right after this. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. 
Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJack black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. This segment is also brought to you by the Dallas Cowboys Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan. Glad you're back with us. Isaiah, you had some stats. Yeah, let me pull it up real quick, Kyle. So, carry over what we were talking about the break. Yeah, Yeah, get out of that rivals. He got game. All right. Um, Mm -hmm. You seen He Got Game before? Huh? Have you ever seen He Got Game? Yeah. Oh, good movie. All right. So, um, right. Isaiah Shuttlesworth across from me. <laughs> Isaiah. All right. Um, so here we go. So um, of the top eight offenses in the NFL as it stands today, top eight, Dallas is going to play or has already played seven of the top eight offenses in the league. Let me go down that list. Miami Dolphins, they're on the schedule. Philadelphia Eagles, that's twice. That's three games. Um, San Francisco 49ers. Just took care of them. They're actually third on the list. Buffalo Bills. Yep, they're on the list as well. Um, mm-hmm. They're fourth offense in the league. Los Angeles Chargers. Fifth offense fifth. in the league. Mm. Detroit Lions. They're on there as Jerry well. Goff. And the Los Angeles Rams. Mm. Seven of the top eight current offenses through week five are on your schedule. Mm-hmm. One of those games is twice. So eight of your... 17 games is against currently the top offenses in the league. And as we talk about the Chargers, the Chargers are currently fifth in the NFL in offense. You just played San Francisco. San Francisco was third. They're averaging 402 yards per game. The Chargers are averaging 388 yards per game. Is San Francisco the only team on that list? I might have missed one that uh, that we have played already, that Dallas yes, has played. Correct. So that means seven out of your remaining 12 games yes. are against the top eight offenses. offenses. And that, that concerns me even more when you look at the success the defense has had against certain teams. Look at Arizona, or excuse me, look at the Jets, Giants, and Patriots on that list. It's probably like 26, 28, 32. You said one more time? Oh yeah, where are the Jets? Jets, the Giants, Jets and Patriots. Patriots on that list. Oh, man. Probably really low. Yeah, they're and, down there. The, the, yeah. yeah, they're Patriots and the Jets are in the lower three, four, five, six, six and seven. 26 and 25. Yeah, 20, yeah, 20 yeah. yeah. That's tough. Mm. That, that's what concerns me. I, I just want to see this defense play well against a really good offense, and they have the next three games to to do that. <laughs> the uh, the stat that I was looking at uh, with this defense specifically is the fact that they they allowed, of course, forty two points on Sunday night 
They had a combined 41 points. I think a lot of people have seen that stat. They had 41 points allowed going into that game, and then they allowed 42. But in their losses, they've allowed 70 points compared to 13 points in their wins. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, if your defense helps set the tone, you are in a much better spot. And it's almost this like is, we talked about that at training camp, too, by the way. This is probably a more alarming stat, right? Mm. Put things in context. I know we like to do that. Uh, the Jets are currently averaging 18 points a game. New England's averaging 11 points per game. Wow. Those are the two teams that you've played so far. Um, Arizona Cardinals are averaging 21 points per game. That's okay. your loss. Um, and as we go up, um, the San Francisco 49ers are averaging 33 yeah. points per game and the Chargers whom you're about to play are averaging 27 and a half and two of their best offensive players have not been in the mix yeah not that you're gonna you're supposed to have all the answers to this but what do you think the best plan of attack is when you go against teams like that with your offense like do you do you need to open it up more oh, because there's the two schools of thought where also Mike McCarthy keep talked keep about away. playing you know his offense to help the defense the Absolutely. other day, and but we know that right. That's the West Coast offense is predicated off of that. Like, but you have to run the ball, yeah, and you have to play keep away, and you have to get first downs. Eight first downs in a game is not going to set you up to play keep away. Yeah, you just, you just, it's just not. It has to it has to be better. It has to be what has been the, the the few weeks leading up to the San Francisco game where you were having 80, 85 snaps uh, on offense. Like that's what it has to be. That's playing keep away, right? Keeping the ball in your hands. You can't lose the possession battle thirty seven minutes to twenty two. Like that's not a that's not a thing. Well, and a lot of that is predicated off of playing with a lead too. I mean, you got to get up early if you're going to have a chance to play yeah. that style of game because this offense. I mean. Say what you want about the the struggle in the red zone and whatever it may be. Point of the matter, they can't move the ball down the field at will. They're not one of those offenses right now. They haven't been. So if you're playing from behind, I feel much less confident about what this offense can do playing with a, a deficit in front of them. Yeah, I hear you. I don't wholeheartedly agree with that statement. I think last week was bad. I think last week was was terrible, actually. Um, prior to that, I feel like they had been moving the ball relatively well, and I think they just had been, been moving the ball, but yeah, can they have about. the quick strike ability? That's what okay, I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So if quick, you're playing so, yeah. down by 14, no, I don't want no, no, no. a 12 okay. yard or so, yes. 12 play so whatever all, drive. All different discussions, right? Can they move the ball effectively? They have shown that this year they can move the ball effectively by when you're running 80 methodically. Plays, you're as effectively, right? You're you're moving the ball. Now we're talking about big plays. No, they have not shown the ability to have big plays because no. they're running three step drops. So yeah, so the offense has not opened up to that aspect where they can have those big plays. But sustained drives, they have shown that. They just didn't have it last week, right? They had eight first downs versus 25. To your point, when you get behind. Right, if as long as you're within a score, right? Yeah, ten points, striking right? A score, distance. striking distance. Right now, I can still stay within my offense, but as soon as you're down by two touchdowns, I can no longer stay within my offense. And now that question arises: Can you have the big playability? Well, you know that you can, but they just haven't shown it, right? And they haven't got to it. They haven't got to the concepts. They haven't got to the formations. They haven't. And whenever got to they've tried, things. it's been disaster. Yeah, AKA absolutely. Arizona Forty so, ers Yeah. So I mean, I, like that's where you're at right now. But all of that comes back to you have to be able to run the ball. You have to be able to run the ball because you're one. You're one of your best playmakers on offense. One of your two best playmakers is the ball carrier, right? The running back. So you have to get the ball in his hands. You're not going to throw the ball to him more than you're going to give it to him. So hand him the ball and let him do what he does. Okay. Off of that, your quarterback is best off of what? Play action. Play action. Play action. 
So everything comes back to the fact that you have to be able to, to run the ball because this offense is not made to drop back and throw it down the field. No. This, when you want to throw it down the field with this offense, it's off of play action. That's the only time. So I guess the one positive is that you do have your starting offensive line finally together, and the hope is that the more that they're together, the more they'll be able to get that running game going. That's, I think, the best hope that you have yeah. with all of that. Yeah, I agree. I, I think to have a running game that has to be really effective, it needs to be multiple. Do we need more carries for Rico Dowdle on this podcast? Do we, do, mm. we need, do we need more? 25 carries so far this season. In comparison, Deuce Vaughn has 20. I will say, I do think if they were Deuce running... Deuce has not had a lot of success. I do think if they were running the ball well and having success with it, you would have more possessions, you'd have more carries. I think that his numbers would be up because I don't think that they would just sit there and go... Tony's got the hot hand. Let's give him 30 carries. It just hasn't even gotten to that level. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did he have on Sunday? On, it was like eight, I think, maybe, yeah. on Sunday night. Eight. So if, if you're getting to the level where there was those games where when, when Zeke and, and Tony both went off in the past, I think that there will be those times where if they're running it well, Rico will have you know a 10, 15-carry game in there somewhere. He'll, he'll have to. I would love to see that. I, well, seven carries against the Jets. Six against the Giants. That's the only time he's he's gotten above five carries in a game. Yeah. Hmm. He's clearly the the player that you would see next behind Tony that you feel the most comfortable in the sure. situation. Yeah, and I was looking at Re, or Deuce Vaughn. I mean, twenty carries that kind of shocked me. Like just to see that he's had twenty carries. A lot of that is in garbage time. Yeah, yeah a lot game. of both. I mean, four of your games have been lopsided. We'll, exactly, you know, and he has no bad. running room when he gets the ball. You yeah, see, so it's, it's not fair to just look at his two, stat line. Yeah. yeah, two yards per carry. So he's got twenty for forty yards and. I've, I've kept the stat in mind that we said right at the beginning of the year that Darren Sproles had his his rookie season. He had only eight carries for 50 yards, which is pretty impressive when you talk about eight carries for 50 yards. That's 6.3 on average. Uh, but that's all he had in his first two years. It, it, the average is different, but also you got to look at the film too. You got to look at the yeah, situations. Yeah. I mean, He's getting opportunities in. Dallas has a ninth best rushing offense in the league right now. Hmm. Ninth, you said. Surprising. It, it, it's not surprising no. when you factor in how many times they've they've run the ball. I mean, it's it's been it's been quite a bit. Yeah, so quite a bit. So for them to have their the ultimate type success, like you're talking about, with needing the running game to get the play action game going, they might have to be like a top five rushing team. Yeah, I mean, they can figure it out. I mean, but you know, in terms of preparation, you know, for the Chargers, the good thing is they haven't ran the ball a bunch over mm-hmm. there you know they, they throw it more than they run it but also they haven't had their yeah their their dude in there so um that's gonna be interesting who would you guys think i know we gotta get out of here last question who would you guys think has the top rushing offense in the league um uh, by yards mm-hmm. because you're asking Probably i almost miami. think it's like miami yeah like it's gonna be some miami type because they like put up big numbers yeah Philly's number two san fran's number, number three is miami not in there miami's number one yep. yeah yeah just yep. because, I mean, I just Splash feel like all place. their numbers are... Devon Chan and yeah. Mostert and now Jeff Wilson's coming back. Yeah, Go Mean 85 Green. yards a game. Whoever else they want to put back there. Go Mean Green. Go Mean Green. <laughs> all right, we got to get out of here. Get on the phone lines right now for Nick yeah, Eatman and Cowboys Storyline, 888-855-2297. He'll love to take your calls here in a couple moments and talk through 
Not only what happened on Sunday, but what will happen on Monday Night Football against the Los Angeles Chargers. We'll be back tomorrow previewing the Dallas offense. Do they have a chance to maybe attack this Chargers secondary that has given up the most passing yards per game in the NFL? Maybe there's a chance there for Dak Prescott and this offense to unleash some things (laughs) down the line. For Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long for Talking Cowboys. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!